We used to daydream about being old enough to go on dates. I had this image of myself holding hands with a really cute guy, driving along some pretty road. It's never about going anywhere, really. It's having some sort of freedom, I guess. Okay, you awake? What are you doing? You're not gonna believe me, and I need you to remember what I'm saying. This thing, it's gonna follow you. Somebody gave it to me, and I passed it to you. Wherever you are, it's somewhere walking straight for you. All you can do is pass it along to someone else. I'm scared. I need to find him. What did he really do to you? He used a fake name to rent a house in the city. This isn't real. I swear to you, this is just some game. If it kills her, it gets me and goes straight down the line whoever started it. What exactly is supposed to be following you? I don't know. Something happened. That's not what she thinks, okay? You don't believe me. It's me. Everything's okay. It could look like someone you know, or it could be a stranger in a crowd. Whatever helps it get close to you. Hello. Welcome to another edition of the Night Party Podcast. We leave it all on the cutting room floor. I'm of course I am of course your illustrious host, Zach Evergreen. And today we're talking It Follows. I am alone today. This is not a season one episode. No, no, no. In fact, speaking of which, today this is being recorded on November the 9th. This marks the one-year anniversary of the Knife Party Pack. I cannot talk. Jesus Christ. See what happens when I don't drink? Speaking of which, this marks the one-year anniversary of the Knife Party Podcast. It started on November the 9th of 2002. As this is being recorded, it is November the 9th of 2023, which is pretty cool. Um, yeah, we made it, guys. Um, I checked the stats over 150 recordings over uh, 1,600 downloads, which for year one is pretty good, especially that we didn't even cross the 500 threshold mark till like six months in. So I'm pretty happy about that. Um, yeah, like I said, I'm alone today. Um, I'm gonna see if Neo is going to get on. So right now I'm just gonna do the intro to this movie, but Foist, Caps and Cork is one of our 
great benefactors over in Vallejo, California. Check out Caps and Cork if you're in the area. Just Google that shit. Look it up. They got some amazing beers. No fentanyl, no wine. Well, they have some wine, actually. I take that back. But you know the whole spiel. You've heard the ad before, hopefully. Um, now you might go, hey, Zach, uh, it's fucking January. What the hell? Uh, yeah, you guys are very, very behind. Um, you could be ahead on schedule, on time. For instance, we did all the Halloweens on Halloween. We did The Crow on Devil's Night. We did Spinal Tap on 11-11, which is, you know, Nigel Day. Um, by just paying a dollar. Our Patreon is only one dollar. And if eventually these do get ads, guess what? They will not carry over to the Patreon. Also, you get some sweet, sweet deal gear. Dude, I cannot talk right now, and I'm not starting this thing over. <clears throat> you can get some sweet, sweet gear if you upgrade to the $5 and up. That's the I Got Five Kids to Feed. Guess what? You're not only going to get the Night Party Podcast, but you're also going to get Face the Mirror. Actually, that is available on the $1 as well, and that's uh, Jeff the Tech's show where he rants and raves about humanity in general. It's pretty good. I actually had an episode on being canceled and it was very 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 informative and therapeutic so there you go uh that's at five bucks you also get night party after dark which is basically the mics are on they're hot but you know we're not really talking about anything just kind of like a hang and usually we're either uh on devil's lettuce or on some kind of alcohol or Something else. We don't do any other drugs than that, that I know of, at least, that I know of. So, uh, yeah, then the $20 level and above, stop the bike, stop the bike. You get all that, plus you get to be on the show if you want. <clears throat> we have the technology where you could zoom in wherever you are. I don't use Zoom, though. I use uh, um, a different free site, which Jonathan Fallen of Hoodcast AF got me into, um, called SteamYard. It's pretty awesome. Uh, I like it a lot. Uh, it doesn't have, believe it or not, Zoom and FaceTime and all that shit. Th this one works a lot better than those, which is pretty pretty hilarious. So yeah, there you go. We have a $1, a $5, and a $20 tier. Now, if you're a $5 member and you've been with us for a long time and I see those acclimated numbers, guess what? You're going to get one of our quarterly gifts. So I'm wearing this sweet, sweet, sweet Knife Party hoodie that uh, we gave out for um, autumn and now for... Uh, December, winter, rather, for Christmas seasons. I got some sweet, sweet, sweet merch, which are our new canvas bags. And they, uh, just like I said, we don't skimp out on any of our gear. It's really cool. I wouldn't buy anything that I wouldn't use. So if it's good enough for me, it's good enough for you. Because I'm, I'm pretty bourgeoisie, as they say. Cool. So today we're talking it follows. Um, now that I got all that out of the way. Yeah. So here we go. Um, it Follows is a very, very interesting movie. Uh, again, Jonathan Fallen uh, put me on to it um, a few years back. And it's been on my list, but for whatever reason, it just got forgotten about over and over again. Maybe because when I have people on the show, like our Antonius and our, um, you know, our Robs and everything else, uh, we like everyone kind of votes on it and we we need to have something that's, that I can make funny or they can make funny. And in this movie, it, there's really not too much humor in it. It's very straightforward. It's a very good old school, like indie film. 
I just hate old school. Like you're not sure when this takes place, if it's the eighties or if it's the late nineties, there is only one cell phone in this. And it's not even a cell phone. It's like a seashell thing that April O'Neil had in uh, Ninja Turtles. And it's basically a Kindle and a flashlight and that's it. All the cords have phones on them. Uh, oh, sorry. All the phones have cords on them and all the uh, cars are old. Now this does also take place in Detroit. So that might have something to do with it. Um, it's a modern day Detroit though, kind of in a way, I think. I mean, it, at least it, it, the cool thing about this movie is you have no idea what time period it takes place in. The music is very eighties. Um, I'm going to play some in the background as we do the show. Uh, but yeah, one of the cool things is you don't get to really establish where you are and that kind of sucks you in. There's not really too many things that bother me about this movie. Um, that being said, because of this, it actually kind of takes you more in cause you, you know, uh, these, I think there is a modern car. Now I think about in the beginning, I think there's a Toyota or, or a Mazda or something in the beginning that looks like it could be um 2010 ish but for the most part this movie is very old school it's very retro and it's it's very interesting uh it has a great premise the premise is this it's kind of like the ring and terminator 2 put together that's the only way i could describe it now the funny thing about this movie is when i was a kid i used to have like a theory about this like how scary would it be if there was like something indestructible, like a zombie that you couldn't see and it just chases you and it will not stop no matter what. And there's no way to kill it. Like that would suck, especially because you would never get a full night's sleep. Even if you flew over to Japan or whatever, you know, it's still going to walk after you. Now, I don't know how long it would take for this thing to catch you because can it walk on water? Actually, no, it can't. Cause we actually see it in water. Well, regardless, uh, it will just, keep pursuing you it could look like any anyone someone you know even though that only happens once in this movie most of the time when we see it it's you it my theory on this is there's a lot of times you see the monster and it looks like it it is uh ghoulish and half dressed and you know a lot of the times like very much less dressed than half dressed and my theory on that is that this movie um, whenever this demon kills you, it takes on the form of that you were in your death or about to be in your death. I think, I think I, that that's what makes sense to me anyway, except for the one scene with the little kid. Cause that's just weird, but pff, you never know. I mean, there's sick people out there. So yeah, this, why it's like the T-1000 is that it could look like anything and it's constantly hunting you and it will not stop. Now, the reason why I think it's like the ring is because you have to pass it on. So this curse of getting marked by it or demon or whatever you want to call it is that you have to have sex and we don't know if it's just premarital sex we don't know if it's just uh male and female sex we don't and you know vaginal rather we we have no idea they don't explain that many rules the only thing they explain is hey uh you get this curse and now you have to pass it on to as many people as possible or or pass it on to somebody who will um, so kind of cool. Um, it leaves a lot to ask about what's, you know, like the origins of it. Um, I think they were going to make a number two. I fucking hope they don't. Uh, this was made in 2014. So I think if there were, it would have happened by now. 
Usually when these movies come out and they're an indie hit, meaning they're low budget, they're easy to make, and they get really good reviews, usually they'll jump on a sequel right away. And I don't mean like Saw, for instance, but for instance, Wolf Creek Part 2. <laughs> hint, hint of what's coming next. It's not Part 2, I promise. It's the good one. You know, the one that Texas Chainsaw Massacre should have been? So anyway, um, that's kind of my intro to this. Uh, let's go on to some fun facts. Okay, so uh, this movie got a 95% on Rotten Tomatoes, right? I know. It, that's, that's amazing. I didn't know what it was going to get. The audience score only gave it a 66, which maybe because people wanted more death than everything else, but there is... For how many actors are in this movie, half of them die. So that's cool. You have your death toll. There's not even many actors in this. There's the group of friends and then introduce Greg and Hugh. So really, there's only six actors and the peeping Tom, if you even count him. But I mean, speaking lines, you don't even see the fucking parents. And even when they're in the hospital and such, like you know, the nurses don't even have lines or anything out like that. The only person that has a speaking um, role is the professor, who I fucking hate, by the way. We don't even see her face. I think we see her from uh, behind. She's a heavy set black woman, and she's very, very judgmental. And uh, she yells at Jay. And I think they're in college. They could be in high school. I don't know. They, they, I think they're in college, though. But nowadays, if you were to get up and leave a college, and the professor said anything to you, they would be canceled and fired. So anyway, I, I don't say I wish this upon this fictional character to lose her job, but she's totally being a cunt because she got up in panic and ran out. It's like, maybe there's an emergency. Even though you don't have your cell phone, maybe you're like, oh shit, I forgot that Nana's funerals today or some shit. So anyway, there's that. Um, I'm going to be a, not as nice to this because of our new meter. For those new listening, if something is 60% and above, right, that's certified sharp. And uh, if it's if it's 70% above, it's better. It's it's a space odyssey status. If it's 80% or, or above, it is event horizon status. And if it's 90% or above, it's crow status. And if it's 100% or above, it is in the Hall of Fame. Hall of Fame members include the first Terminator, um, it includes, and if I gave it a lower score, I'm giving it a hundred now. Uh, it, it, the also uh, predator is in there. The only one to ever get above a hundred was the original 1987 RoboCop with Peter Weller. And, um, uh, that one dude who I, his name escapes me, by the way, if you guys are not playing a RoboCop rogue city, do your fucking self a favor and play that game. I know it's very hard at the beginning. Just put some points in vitality and stick with the game because God damn it, man. A role-playing quasi-sandbox game as RoboCop is just the fucking funnest. Um, but I don't, I'm not getting paid to say that. I'm just saying, from me to you, fucking play the game. Me and Nick have been on it, and it's been a lot of fun. So I'm going to give it an 80... Hmm. I don't want to give it an 85. But it is really good and smart. I'm going to give it an 83. Here we go. So uh, I don't know how much this cost to make, but I do know I got about 15 uh, million box office gross, which is really good because I'm pretty sure this movie probably cost about two or three million dollars to make. I don't think this was a very expensive movie at all. Uh, maybe the probably most expensive things was the I wouldn't even say location permits. 
I really wouldn't. I'd say probably all the old cars to line up the streets. But I mean, that could be done pretty easily. I would, I would assume like you can go, Hey, you want your car featured in a movie? Um, if the movie theater was a set, which I doubt it was, that would be pretty expensive. The actors are all no names and they're good by the way. Uh, none, none of the acting is shit in this movie except for maybe Yara. But I mean, I think she's supposed to be a stoner and yeah. So it, and I, it didn't really have advertising. So this movie couldn't cost more than $3 million. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong, but shit, I don't think I'm wrong here. And it was beloved. It was an indie darling. So here goes the um, the info. A, a carefree teenager, Jay, played by uh, Manika Monroe, sleeps with her new boyfriend, Hugh, by Jake Weirvey for the first time. Uh, she learns that she's the latest recipient of a fatal curse that is passed victim via victim uh, via sexual intercourse. Uh, death, Jay learns, will creep on her um, inexplicably towards her as either a friend or stranger. Jay's friends don't believe that her and she's paranoia and she's got ravings until they begin to see the phenomenon assist at themselves. Oh, by the way, here's another thing. Only the curse can see it, which is actually really cool. So we're going to get in this movie. Uh, let's see other cast and crew release date was on March 27th of 15 nationwide was a year and change later. Look at this November 30th, 2016. Which is funny because I think this review will actually drop right before that. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. It's going to drop right around there. Cool. All right. Well, you know what? I'll do my due diligence to drop this on the day or at least close by it. Um, and then rave reviews I'm seeing here. The soundtrack alone on this is is so worth watching. You guys know I love Synthwave. There is a lot of good Synthwave in here. Okay. So I'm going to go ahead and get started in just one second. Um, so you know the deal, guys. Here we are. Well, to be fair... Oh, don't say to be fair. I hate when people say to be fair. Oh, to be fair. To be fair. To be fair. To be fair. Uh, to be fair. To be fair. Oh, to be fair. Uh, to be fair. To be fair. To be fair. To be Okay, I would just like to throw out real quick. The music, by the way, is uh, a guy under the name Disasterpiece. He wrote music for all the video games. Um, and then David, the director, by the way, who I'm learning was the naked guy on the roof at the end of this film. We'll get to that. Um, actually loved the soundtrack to one of the video games he did. And I don't know which one it was because they didn't say in this interview I, I was a, a privy to. Um, but, uh, he liked it so much. He, he said, Hey, I want you on, you know, I, I want you on my movie. Um, so that's awesome. Just thought I'd, uh, throw it out there. Oh, and then he, uh, told disaster piece. He goes, Oh, by the way, I wanted to sound like John Carpenter, but eighties and dude, this music though, it's fucking fabulous, man. So anyway, 
we start off and uh, the uh, girl in red heels. So this girl in a nightgown with red heels on runs out of her house for no apparent reason. It's hard really to tell if it's the morning or nightfall. And she runs out of the house. She runs around like her neighborhood. By the way, this is the suburbs of Detroit. So they are very, very nice. And they do scream like Haddonfield kind of look to them. That old neighborhood look where the uh, sidewalk is cracked from just tree growth. And all the trees are like easy 30, 40 feet tall. And uh, there's a lot of overcast and shade. So yeah, it does It does give me a Haddonfield uh, feel for it. Or maybe like you know, Elm street feel a little bit, but, um, really cool that, I mean, this really is a love letter to horror fans. Like, let's be honest. It, it really is. If, if you're an eighties horror fan, this is right up your alley. So anyway, she runs around and, uh, this lady doing her, uh, unloading her groceries is like, Hey, like, do you need help? Like what the fuck's going on? She's like, no, I'm fine. Right. And then, she runs around her again, and her dad is like, what's going on? And she's like, nothing, dad. I'm cool. And then she does an about face and runs a 360 to her car and gets in it. Now, keep in mind, she's been running for this thing for a minute, and she's in her underwear, and uh, she's in her heels. Now, maybe the only explanation that I can come up with is why this was acceptable is she got comfortable. Like, maybe the person she slept with uh, slept with a bunch of other people, but then they died. So now it's back. That's the only, only thing. Cause if this thing was following me, I'd have a bug out bag at all times. In fact, I'd say, fuck it. I'd just be homeless and run around and fly around and just try to fuck as many homeless chicks as possible. You know, all you would need is enough money for some like fentanyl and crack. And then you could, you could like bang hella homeless people. In fact, in Oakland, I saw a picture on Twitter, and, and I know like this has been brought up on the show, but it said butt stuff, five bucks. If you can get butt stuff for five bucks, I guarantee you can get pure vaginal intercourse even cheaper. Now, even if you got AIDS or chlamydia or whatever, way better than having a demon chasing you, right? Anyway, that's just me. Okay, so she gets in her car, and she drives off. Oh, it's a BMW. That's what car it is. Okay. Thanks for taking notes, Zach. So she gets in a BMW and uh, she drives off uh, and now it's nighttime. So I guess I just answered my own question. Unless she's been driving for a good 16 hours. Who knows? Well, I mean, daylight savings time just happened. So if you calculate that the sun gets up around 730 and goes down around 545, it could have well been nighttime. Let's just say it was nighttime. That makes more sense. Because who unloads groceries in the morning? Because it looks like either sundown or sunset. I digress. So she's like sitting on the shore and the car's lights are on and she's at like the edge of this beach. And uh, by the way, a lot of this movie, when bad shit happens, it's always in the beach or in somebody's house. When Whenever they're out in the forest or out in the street, for whatever reason, they seem protected. I don't know maybe there's some some meaning there you know there is a lot of imagery too uh for instance jay is always in a pool we'll get to that second so then uh she's she's over at oh i fucking take it back no yeah she's on the beach and then you see the lights of the bmw on her and then she uh actually uh calls her dad and and says sorry for you know if i've been a fuck up or whatever and this and that and then um you know she says like tell mom i love her i love you too right so you know, smash cut. She's resting on the shore. The lights on the car illuminates her. She gets called from her dad. She assures that she loves him. Uh, and then we cut 
to the death scene, which is one of the coolest scenes ever. It it's a still shot of just her laying down on the sh- on the beach, her neck or sorry, her neck, her leg is broken backwards and she's just dead. I have a theory just now. God damn it, I just thought about it. Because this is the only modern car we see and because she has a cell phone, could this be in the future? You know what? If I ever meet the director, that's the first thing I'm going to ask. So, the first murder, the heels girl, was that in the future? Anyway, we, it's, it, I mean, that would make sense. And it wouldn't be a continuity error. Because if, if there's no cell phones in this, in this and there's no modern cars, that would be a huge continuity error. Unless it's like a Stanley Kubrickian thing where it was put there on purpose to let you know as a, a viewer that, hey, this thing hasn't gone away, but only the smartest people could could actually put two and two together. Your boy's being one of them. If not, I guarantee if you talk to the director, he would nod his head and go, yeah, that's exactly what I wanted to do. So anyway, um, another thing too is we don't see her later as like one of the demons, so could be. All right, so now we see a blonde girl, and she swims in, in a, a tranquilly an above-ground pool, right? And uh, she's got, like, a peeping Tom that's always bothering her, this, like, little kid. He's, like, nine or eight or nine or some shit like that, right? And uh, her friend asks what she's up to later, and she ha- says, like, you know, she has a date. And then her friend's like, do you like him? She's like, well, he's nice, you know, this and that, like, which usually means yes. And this is... Her being in the pool is, it's not just this scene. There's a few times it happens and it seems like it's her salvation or like her comfort, her base, if you will. Like when she's in water, it's all good. They don't mention if she's on the swim team or not, or what, but they just always have her near water. And like a lot of this, like I mentioned that earlier with the beach, but there's a lot of scenes with her in a body of water or next to water. And, um, it's usually when all the big plot points happen. So coming up, we're going to get to that. So now we meet her group of friends, right? So there's Paul, who's obviously infatuated with her. There's her sister, Kelly. And also there is uh, Yara, I believe her name is. And she's like the Velma Stoner character. And uh, anyway, um, now it, it goes to her date. So her and this guy named Hugh are going to see a movie. And uh, they're... Um, you know, they're in line and then they play this called the trade game. So, and he's like, well, what is the trade game? And she says, look around. Okay. Now I am going to choose a person to switch places with. You have two guesses to guess why. Okay. And who, and here goes a, here goes one continuity error, which is, I just noticed recently. Um, I've only seen this movie four times. Everyone she's in line with, and the only reason why I notice this is because of this whole trade game thing. They actually point out the fact that, um, you know, to look around the the audience, you know, or the, the, with the standing in queue for to get their box office tickets. And then it shows them inside after they purchase their box office uh, tickets when they're in the lobby. And the order of people in line are opposite like almost completely opposite. So like I said, continuity error. Cause it's, it's not like 
completely, completely opposite, but just the people in back of them are now in front of them, and the person directly in front of them is now in back of them. So the, finally, they decide who they trade with, right? And, uh, you know, she, he goes first, and she picks out, like, this dude that's got, like, a hot chick with him, and he goes, no, no, not him. And she goes, who then? And he looks over and, and points at this little kid, and, and he's like, I, I be, want to be him. And he goes, why? You know, she says, this, that's stupid. And he says, uh, well, he's got his whole life in front of him, and, you know, he could poop his pants whenever he wants. By the way, this kid is like six. I don't remember pooping my pants a lot when I was six. I did most of my pooping my pants when I was in my 20s and drinking a lot. So nothing has changed. Okay, now they're in the theater. And the coming attractions haven't played yet. So she says to him, well, who would you trade with? Or uh, he says to her, who would you trade? Wait, wait, what? I don't know. Either way, they play, still play the game. No, it's she, it's her turn, so he guesses who she would trade with, and then uh, he points, and she goes, nope, and then then he points, he goes, what about that girl? And she says, what girl? And he says, the girl in the yellow dress, and there's no one there. So, then uh, uh, all of a sudden, um, uh, both, uh, you know, both we as the audience, and she doesn't see it. So uh, he and her leave. She, he, he goes like, I don't feel well. Let's go, you know. And uh, then she asks about the girl in the uh, yellow dress. Like, hey, is this your ex? Like, like why did you need to leave? And he says, oh, I, I don't want to talk about it. So they go to a diner. Now, I don't know if this diner is close by or what. Maybe he thinks he feels safe in a public place. But he was just in a movie theater. It's super public, right? Plus, we find out later that this thing doesn't care if you're in public or not. It will still kill you. Um, so they're there and they're, they're, plus what does this demon have to fear of being busted? It's like, not like there's, Chaz isn't there to stop it. And there's no fucking Ghostbusters. This demon has nothing to fear. Cause Chaz wasn't born yet. Actually, I don't know how old the Chaz is. For, he could be like 30 or like 70. I don't know. I don't think he'd be 70. Maybe like. Sick. Okay, I'm going to say that Chaz was probably born in the 70s, so he's probably like in his mid-50s. We'll just say that. Sound sound cool? Yeah, that sounds cool. So while they're at this diner, um, it's just like a silent scene where, you know, uh, they're not they're not really talking or anything. It just has music in the background. And then her friend uh, is, you know, they're, they're taking a walk uh, the next day. Um, and I forgot if it's, um, I think it's Kelly. So it's not even her friend, it's her sister. And she, she's like, so how was the day? Da, da, da. And, you know, she's like, well, did you go all the way? Oh, and by the way, when they uh, walk, there's a dude washing his car. And everything in this movie is very, very, very important. They don't actually show anything that are a character even in the foreground unless it's important so i paid attention i like i said i've seen this a few times but this time taking notes i paid attention to every motherfucker in every scene just thinking hmm is that it is that it is that it is that it and it kind of makes it fun when you see the second time it gives it some rewatchability to kind of see and put on your detective hat if you know who's what and what's what so there you go and uh anyway where the fuck was i oh yes so uh then it's nightfall 
and um oh yeah so anyway the there's a dude washing his car and and he's getting stoned like in his uh no his stone gets that comes later yeah he's washing his car and he just like waves to the two girls right and kind of gives them the eye now he's the across street neighbor just so you know so during uh nightfall right hugh and uh jay uh they're on the beach and they're drinking and um he kind of like rubs her thigh and then she goes let's go back to the car and they screw and they do all the lovey-dovey and everything else and she still got her brawn and like lingerie which or at least lingerie looking underwear and uh she puts her you know after they're done which by the way if you're gonna fuck in a car I want to at least, come on, movie, give me a towel or some kind of cleanup because those are leather seats and, um, you know, because it's an old school car, you know, with the bench seats and everything. So uh, there you are. And instead, she just like lays down in the back and starts like playing with the the weeds um, because the car door is open. He gets out to get something from his trunk. We don't know. And she, she starts waxing poetic like, you know, I couldn't wait when I was a kid to date. So I assumed that we're meant to believe, or at least we're meant to assume she's a virgin. We find out that's not the case later on, but, uh, she just says like, you know, I couldn't wait to be this age when I was a girl. Cause I, I just wanted to go on car rides with cute boys and this and that. And as she's kind of like really opening up to him or whatnot, he comes behind her and chloroforms her. Okay. So, now, she awakes and she's all tied up and she's in uh, like a wheelchair of some sort, right? And she's still in her underwear and Hugh's, Hugh explains the rules to her. Um, he's like, you know, Jay, this is the thing. I'm cursed and I gave it to you. And what you need to do is pass it on immediately. Sleep with somebody um, and and it'll be easy for you. You're a girl uh, and... Or, or else you'll die. This thing, it moves slow, but it's not stupid. It, it can look like anything, um, anything human. It could look like your neighbor, your mom, your best friend or whatnot, or it could just look like a stranger. And uh, she's in this wheelchair, right? So he's constantly moving around with a flashlight, looking around. They're at like some underpass. And uh, finally, he sees it and he wheels the chair over and he goes, do you see it? Do you see it? And it's like slowly, it, it's walking towards her. And then he grabs the chair and starts running, you know, with, with her in the wheelchair. And he says, you know, just, just pass it on as soon as possible, this and that. And then this asshole, dude, he dumps her out in front of the car, or sorry, in front of her house in his car and like dumps her out still with the underwear, like no wallet, no, I mean, I assume she had one, right? Uh, he just like dumps her out. It, like right in front of her house, still in her underwear. Right? And her friends, they're playing cards. Um, and uh, <laughs> there's like, it's its Paul kind of being the third wheel, which I'm not sure if Paul, I know Paul's their friend and they're childhood friends, but Paul is really into Jay. But I wonder if he's hanging out with him all the time to get close to Kelly. I mean, it, it really is not explained. They do say that they had like a, a, they kissed once or something in the past, but not really much more than that. So anyway, uh, car wash boy, um, is now like watching the police arrive and, and they ask him if it was consent or her, if it was consensual. Now check it out. I know there is what they call sex regret. And this is big in, in like, uh, certain communities, if you know what I mean. 
that don't like the color red. And apparently you could change your mind within like a 48 hour period and say it was rape. Or if you were drinking at all, it's like forever rape. I'm pretty sure if you have sex with somebody and he just dumps you out and does that, I know it's not rape, but it's definitely fucking assault. You know, he chloroformed her and did all this stuff. So anyway, um, I mean, I'm just saying it can't be legal. And in fact, if he tied her up, that's considered kidnapping. So yeah, here, here's what kidnapping is, folks. If you tie somebody up and move them, that is kidnapping. There you go. Even if it's you put somebody in handcuffs and move them into a kitchen and they were in the living room, boom, that's kidnapping. Even if you leave them there afterward, it's still it's still considered that. Um, so there you are. So the guy is quasi-rapey, full kidnapper, and likes to chloroform girls. So yeah, I, I'm, I'm just going to put him in like that, that asshole creep factor. Regardless, he could have just had sex with some chick or paid for it or whatever. We'll get into that later. Anyway, these are just my qualms with the movie thus far. But then again, this kid is supposed to be like 22 or something. So it kind of makes sense that he's an idiot. So anyway, the car wash boy, his name is Greg, by the way, um, watches the cops giving the testimony. And now she's in the hospital and the cops investigate the area and they don't see anything. I think they find her purse. I'm not sure. Anyway, she's at home now and she's in her underwear. And this is like the weirdest granny panty, like, like push up bra underwear ever. And she's sitting there and she's just staring in the mirror. And then for whatever reason, just decides to look at her pubis. Like it's haunted, but you can't see it. <sighs> this movie, I, li- I do like it. I just got qualms about it. So next she's in class and this is the college bullshit that I would no parents do not send your fucking kids to college. And this, this, uh, college professor is, is like really, really testifying like something important, but it's not, it's absolutely fucking pointless. It's just like expensive words in order to make somebody feel smarter or seem smarter. And Jay sees something out the window. Okay. And it's of course walking towards us. So she gets up and she just like gets the fuck out of there. Right. And as she's in the hall, we see this old gown lady and she's just like walking very, very slow, slowly. Right. And I use this very, very loosely. The educator gets really upset and, and like panics as she exits. Uh, Jay then meets up with her friend Paul and her sister Kelly at the ice cream shop that apparently they work at. And um, <laughs> there's a funny scene because she's like all freaking out. And Paul's like, well, I could sleep over and help you. And then both the girls at once say no. And I don't know. I thought when, when a movie has like subtle, hor- or subtle humor, I really do like it. And this one is very, very subtle. All right. So Kelly and the sister, or Kelly, rather, the sister and Paul, they keep watch. And um, for whatever reason, Paul likes really old black and white, like monster movies. And he watches them. I don't know. This is actually, you might be a redneck because he's watching a small TV, black and white, on a broken, bigger TV. And that's how he's watching his movies. He's on the couch, like, keeping watch or whatnot. Even though you know, every guy listening to this knows, yeah, play hero card. See how far we can get this. So, Jay can't sleep and uh, watches TV with Paul, and she's wrapped up in a blanket. And it's very cute. I would say hot, but she's way too young for me, and that sounds creepy. So anyway, 
And uh, uh, Paul is awesome, by the way. So they talk about their first kiss, and um, they talk about bush porn. For those who don't know, bush porn is when you just find random pornography, like in, in the street somewhere or hidden, like in, in a tree fort or something. That's that's bush porn. And they talk about it, and uh, uh, they're like, "Yeah, remember the time we found porn, and we we like were laughing our asses off, and then." Uh, they got busted by someone's parents and then they both got the talk and they're kind of uh, establishing that they were all innocent, you know, and that, and then it talks about how like Paul was, uh, was Jay's first kiss and vice versa. And then she stopped taking interest because he then kissed Kelly. And I guess that fucked it up for Paul for a while. And then glass shatters. So not really a jump scare, but a transition. So uh, Paul goes to wake up Kelly because he goes, we should call the police, but we should have your sister do it because we don't want to say, by the way, we have not seen the parents yet, nor will we, but I just want to throw it out there that there's two teenage girls. Their friend is over all the time who clearly is high. You never see her smoke weed, but we're, we're just going to assume. And on top of that, it's, it's always like most of this movie takes place during the nighttime when they're in the house for obvious reasons. People are in the house during nighttime. And we never see one parent, not one. Nothing. In fact, I don't even think we see him eat throughout the whole movie. And yeah, so that's kind of weird too. So there you go. That's all that. So after the glass shatters, right, Paul goes wake up Kelly. Jay investigates and sees it. And it's, uh, and it is pissing herself and it's topless and uh it has no teeth and that's why i wrote past victim down like it seems like all the non every version of the demon or it or the curse whatever you want to call it just call it it uh is i don't know what its pronouns are man don't want to offend anybody don't want to offend a dead demon curse thing um Okay, so what, what what the fuck was I talking about? Oh yeah, it's pissing itself and it's uh, all bloody and shit and and uh, looks pretty uh, gruesome. So, what? Uh, how like how about how likely do you shut the fuck up, feedback hub? God damn it! Interrupt my illustrious podcast. So Paul goes to wake Kelly. She sees it. Da da da. Jay runs into her room and locks herself in. And Paul and uh, Kelly, like you know, they're knocking on the door to enter, and then they do. And then uh, Yara tries to enter. They put a chair against the wall, and um, then they open the door for Yara. And then behind him, we see it in a new form, and it's like a giant, like six foot seven dude, and it's actually scary because it just pops out of nowhere. She escapes via bicycle. And now the neighbor sees this going on. He's smoking uh, weed in his car with some chick. And then she rides her bike to the park. She's sitting on these swings, right? And she's just looking around. And, and um, you know, again, she's in her under. Everyone's in their underwear in this movie. There's no parents. Everyone's in their underwear. No wonder why they're fucking. So uh, then Greg, the neighbor, meets up with the friends. The friends all meet her over there. Like, I guess this is where they hang out or where she escapes to. I don't know. Like, maybe, I don't know how they find her there, but they, they know she's there. So then they drive t- through downtown Detroit, right? Just to, just to, um, God, what do you say? Um, I guess calm her down. So, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot to mention Hugh. Yeah. So, um, when they, uh, uh, when they're at the park, they're like, we need to go find this Hugh guy and see what the fuck's going on, right? So they do, and then um, 
they drive to uh, find Hugh, and when they do, they drive to downtown Detroit, and they find uh, this house, the address that he was listed under, because they find out it's a fake name or whatever from the police, and uh, so they go there. And this house, this is, um, this house is all. Okay, here's here's the problem I have with this too. Here goes another reason I got knocked down a couple points. The house has boarded up windows with um, like newspaper and shit all over it. So why would you do that if you want to have visual, like you want to be able to look around? Because Hugh even says to her, never stay in one place too long and never ever be in a room that doesn't have more than one exit. Well, dude, you, I mean, it knows where you are. Just because you can't see it doesn't mean it can't see you. And he, But he actually does pretty smart where he gets a bunch of um, fishing line and uh, puts a bunch of cans over every exit so he can hear it coming in. But uh, anyway, Hugh's not here. So they're looking for clues and everything else. And um, they see uh, Paul discovers uh, his Jack addict. So uh, what I mean is he doesn't have a friend named Jack, meaning there's a mattress on the ground with tons of tissue papers and tons of porn. Now, I don't know if he's jerking it or if this was where he first got it or if he tried to spread it like Either way, it doesn't matter. Um, I mean, Hugh could have fucked a bunch of girls. We don't know. But there's a bunch of like old school porn there, too. It's all like uh, early 80s porn, um, maybe like mid 80s because they're, they're, they don't have like crazy earth mama bushes, but the bushes are still there nonetheless. So uh, as he's looking through the porn, as one does, uh, he finds a photo and it's Hugh wearing a Letterman jacket. And it turns out it's from Lawson High School. And uh, they find... They find out his name is Jeff and they track down this high school and they're looking through like all the, the records and everything else and they find out where he lives. So um, then they, they're going to meet him. So Greg drives them up right uh, to the country and they go to this plantation house where they, let's see, wait a minute. Did I skip something? I think I skipped something. Let me look. Yeah, I did. I skipped something. I apologize. So they actually meet up with Hugh, and uh, they're all sitting there as she, her being, she being Jay, pronouns pal, is putting, like, blades of grass on her arm, which is a really weird thing. Like, I just thought it was odd. It always struck me, like, as a weird little thing. And maybe it's because it's something I used to do when I was a kid, but it's just weird. Not pulling out, like, tons of blades, but just one at a time and just stacking them neatly on her arm. It's just weird. By the way, this arm is... The first time we see it, or the, the, sorry, this is the last time we see her arm naked, meaning for the rest of the movie, it's covered in something, which is odd. I'll get into that in a second. Maybe I'm overlooking in this movie. So Hugh explains that, he explains more on it, that he, in fact, you know, um, he doesn't remember who gave it to him, and he's reassuring her, and there's even like a false scare, but it's not even scary. Where he goes, you see her? And it's like, yeah, that's Yara, dude. What the hell's wrong with you? So anyway, um, then they leave, and uh, uh, Greg says he's got this house in the country that his dad and I, like they used to go hunting or whatever, and by the way, it's on the water. It's an old plantation house, and uh, Greg goes and finds this old revolver, and he's teaching her how to shoot, right? And then they're hanging around... <laughs> I'm not kidding. I wrote this down. Paps Green Ribbon. They 
got a Pabst Blue Ribbon can for them to drink beer out of, you know, like for all the teens. And they painted it like the red green. So it's kind of funny. So I want a Pabst Green Ribbon. I really do. Even, you know, maybe I should make one and just like say, it's, hey, this is my cool Pabst Green Ribbon. So anyway, so um, it then, uh, why they're sitting there drinking and, and uh, oh, here goes another weird thing. Yara goes, come on in the water. It's great. And at this point, we see something walking behind Jay. And this is the first time we actually see it through our eyes or her friend's eyes. Because it comes, sneaks behind her and you just see her hair lift up like it's going to lift her up by her hair. And uh, she starts freaking out, right? And let's see. Jane disguises her friend in the car. Uh, yeah, and then, so anyway, uh, she shoots it and it changes form. Jay escapes uh, and, and runs into like the shed and then it breaks open the uh, bottom part of the door of the shed and then it's like a little boy form. And by the way, this is the creepiest one out of everything. Then she escapes again and then it busts through as like someone else. So it, it, it changed shape like four times in the succession of one scene, which is kind of cool. So uh, then she gets in her car, Jay does, and she ditches, well, it's actually Greg's car. She ditches all of her friends and just drives off. And in a panic, uh, uh, a white truck is like backing out of this remote area and, you know, timing. And uh, she swerves to get out of the way and she goes into a cornfield and gets concussion. Now we're back at a hospital. By the way, no parents. I'm just going to let you know, if you get in an accident, and you are under their age, um, or around their age, I'm fucking pretty sure they're gonna emergency contact your parents. Even with all your friends there. Like common sense would dictate, we should probably call their parents if their resident is that, like, where do you live? Do you have your own house? Okay, well then we're gonna contact your parents. So there you go. Um, so she's in there and now uh, the same arm with the blades of grass, now she has a cast on it. And she will continue to wear this through the rest of the movie. I don't know why you need to know that, but you do. And actually, here, I do know why. Because she gets a cast wet a lot in this movie because she's always in water. Have you ever smelled a cast when it's gotten wet? Oh, dude, it smells like if you haven't flossed your teeth in like a month and then you get one of those nice white chunks in between the back of your molder and you smell it, it smells like death incarnate. Yeah, that's how a cast smells when it gets wet. Just letting you know. And then it smells so bad, you have to go, ah, and sniff it like three more times just to make sure that like your body wasn't just like hallucinating. So there you go. So anyway, um, she's in the hospital and uh, everyone's there. They let her stay. They let him stay after visiting hours because guess what? Jay then gives it up to Greg. Bravo. And... All the sex scenes in this movie are really gross too, by the way. Like they're, they seem super rapey because the person, what either the person giving or receiving seems either worried or obligated and the other person is kind of into it, which is weird. So her and Greg fuck and uh, it's very weird and Paul's super jealous and then three days pass while she's in it. And by the way, three days pass while she's in this hospital and it does not come in the hospital. I don't know why. Maybe it had other other people to kill. I'm not sure. I don't think so, though, because I don't think that's how the rules work, but it doesn't matter. So now Jay's back at home in her pool, and, of course, she has her... She's, you know, in her pool and, and everything else. She's got her fucking her fucking cast on, and Greg checks on, uh, uh, checks on her with Kelly, Paul, and Yara, and she's like, she's locked herself in a room, 
And they're like, do you think it's real? And Greg says, I think it's in her head. And they're like, did you see anything? Because, you know, he's got it now, too. She says no. So anyway, that night, um, uh, uh, Jay sees Greg uh, in his long johns just walking around at night for no apparent reason, right? And he's trying to break into his own house. And she's like, what the fuck's going on? And then it grabs like a, a rock from outside and smashes the window and enters the house. And now she knows, oh, shit. It's after him now, not me. So she calls out uh, to him and, and everything else. Uh, she runs in and and uh, you hear like, and you see uh, this woman banging on this door and Greg opens up and he goes, what do you want, mom? And she's topless, by the way. And then it jumps in and kills her. Now, when you see it kill it, it fucks you, like it humps you. So, hence why uh, in the beginning with the high heel girl, like her legs bent backwards, I think I think it like fucks you to death or something. I don't know. I mean, death by snoo snoo, maybe. So anyway, Jay escapes and drives off and she sleeps on the hood of her car or maybe it's his car. I'm not sure. And then now uh, Jay awakes to see three dudes. She's, she drives to the shore. Okay, here's the thing that really bothers me about this movie for more than one reason. Jay awakes and she sees three guys on a boat, right? This is in the morning. She strips down, gets in the water, and then we see her back driving and she's wet and she's crying. Did she fuck all three of those guys? Um... Did she change her mind? They don't explain that. Right? And by the way, why are all her friends sleeping? Like in every scene, it seems like one friend will fall asleep and then they'll all just fall asleep like together. Like I, I, I blame Yara and her weed. And where are the parents for real? Where are they? So anyway, um, so uh paul is now talking to her and we don't and like by the way i have no sympathy for this chick now because now she's just kind of a whore in my mind um so uh i mean dude if if this was me i would be giving it like i'd be looking up some evil evil people and just trying to give it to them like even if you had to do an evil revenge shit like like dexter but you just use your cock instead of a knife you know like look up you know, like people that abuse people or whatever, or, you know, Camilla Harris. Oh, shit. I didn't say that in the R word together. I'm just saying she's evil. It has nothing to do. Remember, I'm talking about a fantasy movie here. Okay. There you go. Uh, um, AOC perhaps comes to mind. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Sorry, 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 sorry. <laughs> Remember, talking movie review. All right. Here we are. So uh, anyway, Paul asked for it. And he says, like, why don't you give it to me? And why do you give it to Greg? And she said, oh, well, I thought he would be able to survive it. Plus, I already gave it to him, like, like uh, during prom or whatever, and it meant nothing. So, turns out, yes, she is a whore. She is not a, uh, she's not like a um, virgin like they make her out to be. Because um, she's not a whore, but, dude, three guys on a boat? Even if I was those three guys and it was her, I'd be like, no, dude, that's weird. If if Jamal and Jared just fucked her, there's no reason I'm going to be sloppy thirds. That's fucking disgusting. Um, but who knows? Maybe maybe it got them all on the boat, like right after, you know? So anyway, uh, Greg goes, or sorry, um, Paul goes, well, 
you know, you got to trust me. And he holds her hand. Now we're thinking like, you got to trust me, have sex with me. But no, he's actually got a fucking plan. Get out of here. So they drive past eight mile and into like the, the city and, um, they go to like this this uh, giant pool. It's like an indoor pool. I don't know if it's like a um, collegiate thing or a school, but it's immaculately clean and all the power's on and it's totally taken care of. So it's got to be something in use, right? And they start plugging in all these electronical devices, right? Uh, like everything in the household. But what a household would not currently have, like weird TVs, lights, a fucking typewriter, um, an old school uh, um, hair dryer, all this stuff, right? And then uh, they're like, okay, well, what do we, you know, I, I guess their plan is to lure it in the water and then they're going to shock it to death. Here's the thing. This is a Olympic-sized pool. All you would do is short out the building. Here's why. If you are going to try to make this work, and yes, you could make this work, you would have to cut off all the grounds, which they don't show them doing, so I'm assuming they didn't, of all the electronical devices. You would then have to cut the electronical devices out of there. It'd be easier, like just cut the wire. You would then have to strip the left and the right and then do it like you were jumping a car. That would be the way to do it. That might actually work. But a body of water of that big, you are way more likely, and I mean way more likely, like the chances of this plan actually working are one out of a million, and that's an understatement. It's more like one out of a billion. Those breakers are going to blow the second that hits it. So if you think you're going to get like a cool Mortal Kombat fatality, it's not happening. But anyway, it comes anyway, and it starts like, and she gets in the water, and it starts like throwing all the devices in there, proving my point and um then it throws a chair and hits on the head it gets in the water uh uh well no not at first uh sorry first that she's like uh, uh paul goes point at it where is it and she's going it's right there it's right there and she's using like her finger to kind of guide him and then they do one of the smartest things thus far is they throw a sheet over it and he shoots it goes in the water it attacks her like jaws status he fires some bullets in the water which I heard people say that doesn't work, and I've heard people say it does. Um, from what I know from movies, if you're under a certain level of water, it does work. I don't know. But I'm pretty sure a high enough caliber bullet would go through there. Like a uh, 22, probably not. But if you shot like a fucking, shot like a 50 cal in, in water, I'm pretty sure that shit would kill you. Right? Anyway. I mean, it would have to. Or, or it would knock the wind out of you, at least, and you would take a bit. Regardless. He fucking nails it in the head, and then they get her out, and then everything looks like they get out of there, and then, uh, you know, uh, Paul asks for it, and let's see, let me see. Where are the communities? Oh, yeah, next page. Um, oh, yeah. So here's the thing. Paul and Jay fuck, Okay. And again, it is one of the most awkward scenes. She's on top. He looks paralyzed like he's a virgin. He probably is. Who cares? I mean, good for him, I guess. And um, she kind of rides him, and she's more into it, and he's not. So uh, anyway, um, then uh, let's see. Oh, yeah. And then we see Paul is driving 
uh, in downtown and he sees a couple of hookers. So let's do the math on that. By the way, why didn't they do this in the first fucking first place? Like, honestly. Honestly. So, yeah. Anyway. Uh, so then, um, you know, Yara's in the hospital because she got shot during, I forgot to mention this, during the pool scene. Um, he misses because he's shooting on an invisible target. She gets shot. By the way, where are the, ho- where are the parents? A gunshot wound require if you are hospitalized for a gunshot wound the hospital has to call the police regardless even if it was a fucking hunting accident it's it's a must they have to do it no parents no police and yara's just chilling and i think they all fall asleep again anyway so now at the very end and actually i really like this ending you see paul and you see um you see jay in their new doomed relationship and they're walking, holding hand in hand. And this, t- and here's something that's really weird. So they're in their neighborhood walking, and they're both wearing black but white on the inside, which I think is symbolic of something. And um, they're just walking. It's quiet and everything else. And then finally, there's nothing behind them. They're just walking. They're just walking. And then at the last second before we get our title frame, it follows. We see something just appear out of nowhere. But it's far enough away where it could be just a normal person. We don't know. But I think that it is actually um, one of the slain teens. So there you are. That's it. Follows. Uh, it's very good. Definitely check it out. Again, I give it an 83. And um, to all those who called on sick of me today, I uh, hope you guys feel better. Of course, it'll be months down the line before you listen to this. Uh, do remember to check us out. Um, check out the Patreon. Remember, it's only a dollar to join. You get uh, not only this show, but you also get Jeff's uh, Face in the Mirror. Five dollars, five kids to feed gets you after dark and a yearly present. And the $20 members get a present every quarter. Get to be on the show, request shows. Oh, and I just uh, have a new voting thing on our Patreon where you don't even have to be a member. You could actually vote on what we do next, but I think you can afford a dollar. So there you go. A dollar a month is fucking nothing. I mean, dude, I... They just raised the price of McDonald's, apparently, because of minimum wage. And apparently, a quarter pounder with cheese meal is $16.15. So mine costs for a year less than that. Actually, a year and a quarter. Um, you can message me at knifepartypod at yahoo.com. Our official little webby site that I made. It's nothing special, but there's no ads or anything. It's not like Hood Cast AF where it's crawling with bullshit, right? That is um, uh, knifepartypod.com dot com or knife party pod dot podpeen dot com and our patreon is patreon.com slash knife party pod so basically everything knife party pod there you go i have to piss i'm doing the potty dance right now i don't know if you can hear it so uh i'll talk to you guys later and i hope you enjoy the movie love you bye i gotta return some videotapes <laughs>